I'm just going to do the intro again because I think this is the best way of doing it. So, uh, <laughs> considering the one uh, didn't go quite well, you know, the uh, I don't think the chant was a fan of the format, so. No. No. But, uh, however. So, um, hello everybody. It's your old friends on Monday Madness, and welcome to a very live edition of the uh, Liquid Football Podcast. Woo! Woo! baby! This is our end of season review. We're all here around the table, about the chat football for an indefinite amount of time until we get interrupted again. So, uh, <laughs> around the table we have myself, Jonathan, Kira, who we had super subbing in for a Chelsea perspective during the season. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. She was cry laughing there. <laughs> uh, also around the table is uh, Bert Bott, um, our Woo-hoo! WSL correspondent and uh, an other Arsenal fan, coupled with the other Arsenal fan, which is Neil. Yeah, so. So we don't have a format here, basically, but we're just going to just chat shit about the football season that has been. And uh, basically, well, we've eaten delicious food. Yes, we do have a lovely food here. Lovely spread here from our uh, host. Indeed, So, um, so with that in mind, lads, um, I suppose the best way to start is uh, what's your kind of takeaways from the season so far? Um, Everything is shit. Well, that has been established, <laughs> but I was hoping you might go into the kind of more specifics than anything else, really. Oh. You know. Yet again, football players are proven to be um, teenagers with, like, you know, just vast amount of money. It has been a... a yeah, hit. but also mixed in with, like, temper tantrums of a toddler. Yeah, mm. sure. I, I get the feeling you're referring to a certain star striker that you may have paid a that regular... That could apply to mm. so many across, <laughs> not only the Premier League, mm. but worldwide. Yeah. But, yes. Specifically to a certain somebody who gave an interview in mm. November. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, god. When we were actually idea. playing, okay. Yeah. Like, why would you ruin something when you had it, like, you know? To make it more interesting. Pretty much, like, you know? Like, geez, going to a football club where you're expected to run? Nah, that, that's broken my contract, pal. Sorry. Shocking. Honestly. And the last thing is that like completely fucked your season up when you think about it. I know like the, no, that the, wasn't what fucked Chelsea's season. Wait, it was, it was sure. the it was the beginning of the end though because I know like you had yes, the nothing else happened to Chelsea. Nothing else happened to Chelsea that year. <laughs> <laughs> it's one big complete retcon. It never happened. Um, my main takeaway hmm. um, is that football is definitely more corrupt than we even want to imagine. Mm. <laughs> Um, like I think at every base layer of football there's some layer of corruption mm. and we are choosing to ignore it for the sake of our entertainment of and hope and belief that our clubs are innocent and all but I can't yeah. imagine any clubs are <laughs> um, there's like yeah. some level going around it and everything really Norwich yeah Norwich would be in my mind wouldn't they I feel yeah. like Norwich would just would be too like too like naive to be corrupt yeah you wouldn't stand for that Considering they've got the brain trust of Delia Smith, Stephen Fry, and a former Labour MP as their like managing director, I just feel within the three of them they wouldn't even be able to organise a piss up in a brewery. <laughs> Fuck, they don't even know what a brewery is. Like, but um, but yeah, I suppose like his one takeaway was that Norwich were fucking terrible. Um, it was very easy to see two teams get relegated. We even said at the time because like, there's no chance these lads are surviving. Like they haven't signed a mm. single player. They're not. They sold their best player at the start of the summer to Aston Villa, and he ended up being a sub for most of the year. Like, yeah, which is crazy. You know, they were just unprepared. Totally were, but I think they were there for the parachute payments. Really, I think. And, I, and I think Neil will agree agree with me on this. Uh, takeaway is that it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so well, much hope. I stupidly bar- I I built myself up for a lot of downfall because 
Why else do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> you did have one point believe, didn't you? Oh, I did actually one point believe. No, fairness. No, I wasn't the only one who believed. Yeah. Well, at that point. I think I was pessimistic. I think in the case you of... Did, you, you did, you did, you did. But yeah. then again, like, we could have actually secured fourth at that point and you'd still have been like, no, we'll ah, no, you know. <laughs> one VAR call two weeks yeah, later. Yeah, we're going to get fucked here. Um, yeah, that's, that's just mm. it. Look, like, I suppose you might as well start with the, uh, the, the league table as it was. So, obviously, Man City won the championship by a point. With this again, with this ridiculous like record that they have of like winning league titles with like scores of mid nineties, mid ninety points, which is surreal. What's even more surreal was the fact that the Liverpool essentially kept pace with them until the very end. And it says a lot that the fact that like we can now point to draws with the tops with our championship rivals as the reason we lost the league. Which is to me just an insane idea because like in certain like seasons, especially the Ferguson era like actually drawing with the rivals was actually the target yeah. to take points off them just don't lose to them so now that the fact that that's not good enough you actually have to beat them all now is, is kind of is, is insane to me and even then like you have to also wipe the rest of the league completely off the floor like you know we're just going to show you that's the, that's the, the level of the competition between two teams yeah well that was it like I mean well not even two teams it's just just basically the one really I mean mm. that's just what makes what Liverpool have been doing so incredible because yeah. When you look at it, I mean, we always slag off the Bundesliga and the La Liga has been, and the, the Ligue 1 has yeah. been kind of farmers' leagues. But when you look at it, over the last five seasons, since Pep has been at City, mm-hmm. no team has won more points. Yeah. In any league, ever, mm. anywhere. So it's like, it's total domination. It's absolute, complete total domination. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, the, what, the last game of the season was Villa. Yeah. I was like, they bought Villa's best player for a hundred million quid and had him on the bench for most. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely like, think they brought him on just to mock Villa it's to get that psychological edge over them. So like. ridiculous! Just when you you gotta, you just you look at the the, the ridiculous amount of cash that they're spending. Mm. Mm. It's insane. They've already bought Haaland. Yeah, they're gonna buy two or three more players. Like, it, it's gonna be mental. Like this, I, I'm look not looking forward, mm. but I am slightly interested in the kind of way you're interested in the car accident uh, in this <laughs> transfer season because you love City, um, you love Chelsea, um, coming back in, and then you're also gonna have Newcastle now, mm. and I think from all the reports on what Newcastle can spend and still remain within FFP, it's in the region of about. 550 million yeah and they can increase their wage bill by nearly 90 and still remain with an FFP mm. that's, but that's what caused it, the attendance that they get that's yeah, because yeah. of the fan group exactly that's the thing like if you were if, if, the, if the if the Dubai crowd were going in for a club now they'd go for Newcastle because they have a bigger fan base than mm-hmm. Man City well quite frankly will ever get quite honestly like the loyal very loyal yeah and you can see that in them like I mean I know you know, hands are their heads are being buried in the sand a little bit over the the Saudi deal, but like Literally. a little bit, yeah. <laughs> like I know some of them were wearing like fucking like turbans going to the stadium and all that, but and towels, towels, yeah. But but that's the thing. Like it's literally they 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 were so desperate to just leave, get Mike Ashley out of the club. They were mm. willing to be bothered by a like a horrendous state essentially. But as I say, the argument is well, I mean, it was okay for Man City to get taken over. It was okay for PSG to get taken over. What what's different about us? 
you know, but that just shows you how, as you said, like the. the yeah, but that's not a reason. That's the reason a child would give. Yeah. Oh, they can, they can. Oh, it's what about it? I understand that. <laughs> they can leap off the bridge into the fucking river. Why can't I do it? Yeah. This is a stupid fucking thing to do. Yeah. Just because other other people are doing it. Hmm. Doesn't mean you have to. Well, that's just it, like. But that, 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 that's, that's not the reason an adult gives. That's no. the reason you get off a child. That's, sorry, that's the reason you don't accept off a child. Yes. But as you said, like I mean, the but the, the sheer the sheer fact that it still went through either either way, with government involvement. Yes. Of course. I mean, I mean <laughs> Boris loves Newcastle. <laughs> he, he knows. Uh, where I, I mean, Aston Ham. I, I, I mean, Aston Ham. Uh, Aston Ham. <laughs> Newcastle Hampton. Um, yes. No. I, I, money. I, I, mm. Money. Oh, yes. No. Love said. But yeah, it's just no. it's been a ludicrous fucking season. It's been um, a very dramatic season. I found like a lot of stuff outside of the season, and even then, like they were still kind of like stuff on the pitch like that was still kind of like slightly like out of a fucking like Netflix special you know but even then like all it's the other actually stuff actually an Amazon special it's all or nothing um, <laughs> oh I, 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to that like that is literally going to play like the fucking season finale of Ted Lasso like oh everyone's feeling good oh they got relegated oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh no but like that's that's Arsenal in, in a kind of nutshell really the, the, to be fair to you the, to you right the kind of like my takeaways from the whole thing was that I think he's did as much as that team was capable of. Considering midway through the season, you get rid of Aubameyang, Lacazette's clearly out the door, but, but the so you're playing is, with a third choice striker. Is, the thing is, no one wanted fourth. We actually didn't want fourth. <laughs> so it was just Sky made us everyone think that we wanted fourth, yeah, but no one actually wanted. So no you actually, no you actually, you actually prefer playing on Thursday nights as opposed to Wednesday. At the minute, with that crowd, I don't fancy going to Bayern or Barca. When mm. Eaton. Even Barca, just because we'd be probably terrified of their badge. Mm. <laughs> we always play the badge. Yeah. Same thing happens when we fucking... Now, the thing, we only just gotten over that little hoodoo, kind of-ish, slightly, with mm. Man United. And now they go on the play fucking Ten Hag. A fucking decent coach. Oh. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. Let's talk, let's talk about United then, because obviously they had a fucking <laughs> hilariously bad season. I think we can all agree on that. So like it starts off with Solskjaer, and they, and happy little Solskjaer. <laughs> they buy like genuinely. He didn't know what he was doing. He really didn't. But that's, but that's even the club didn't know what they were doing because they said, "Oh, we finished second. Let's just buy big players and we'll win the league." That was as simplistic as they thought. To the extent where I said, "Oh, we need a, a good centre back to part with Maguire. Let's get Varane. He he doesn't want to do, play for Real anymore. We need a winger. Let's get Sancho. People know who he is." And it's like, "Oh, it just happens Ronaldo's on the market as well." And not even sparing a thought of how that completely fucks up their apple cart. They literally just saw team of names and went, oh, yes. And saw it shirt sales and went, shirt sales, yes. And that's all it was. It was totally market employee, especially with Ronaldo. I mean, they when they even got wins, I don't even believe that Man City was in for a second. I say that no, was no. that was someone feeding that to Man United and putting the fucking willies up them, saying, we better get him out, you know, or else everything. More likely his agent, so he could get more money. 100%. I mean, I would if fucking Man United were ticket enough to go for that offer. But but even then, it all fell apart, like, very predictably. My favourite of that was the drumming at Old Trafford, the 5-0. Because, like, legit, like, they had done... You could actually see how far fallen that league, that team had gone because they were doing the same strategy as they do every year against us, which is the low block. Literally, stop the wing-backs. Don't even in- entertain an attack until you've got the ball and everyone else has committed forwards. They tried that like this year and it just it fell apart so quickly because of how bad the likes of Maguire was, the way the likes of Wambasaka was, and they had nothing up front because Ronaldo was so static. They had lost everything about them up front. 
to the extent where like we even we now recognise there's actually no threat here. We can skin them alive, and we did. We were four 0 up at half time. Was about was it that match where he tried to play Bruno Fernandez as a false nine? Mm. That is our match. Yes. Fucking hell. Yeah. So like. So that, that, that was a match where like they thought like oh we can pull off a tactical masterclass here no 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 you've actually have lost it. four two 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 yeah two. that that was the Ragnik the Ragnik days so now oh, so yeah. so even then so obviously then Solskjaer gets sacked and not even for that match it was the drumming from Watford who like even then you could tell these guys are getting relegated and they were still able to beat them what was it three at home yeah which yeah. is insane insane results but you just the writing was on the wall like so I think. When it comes to like high level incompetence, I really have to give it to Man United because if this was a company, you know, you'd be laughing their heads what off. It is. That's the point. No, what, what I mean is like an actual like a because it was a tech company or something like that. They would have fallen over. They would have caved in. No, they, but, see, you know, the thing is, they generate a lot of money. Mm. So that's the purpose of it. See, you're you're separating the company from the sport. Yes. And that's funnily enough what the owners do as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're separate. Yeah. You, you, what it is is it generates a lot of money for the players mm. who bought the club in, in a manner that they really, really should not have been allowed to. Mm-hmm. And that's all they care about. They care about the dividends. They care about the returns. They care about the profits. And that's it. And it's a fin- it's a financial powerhouse. Yeah. And um, but sporting wise, they don't give a fuck. Mm. They never have, and they never will. But the priority has always been to use it as a money spinning device anyway. So as I said, like who gives a shit in that sense? But um, but yeah. So obviously, Ragnar came in then and. I, I did love the actual the idea of what they were trying to do because they thought it made perfect sense in a sense where like okay we're gonna get this guy in who like you know has written the bible on German gegenpressen and I said okay we'll get them he'll prime the team for a coach coming up and I thought to myself hang on where have I heard this system before and then I realised oh was that like the same time when the FAI hired Mick McCarthy to prime the team for a young exciting coach to take part and then they sacked him a year early yeah it was an FAI ploy oh god <laughs> they're taking notes from the FAI when your spiritual successor is John Delaney you're in trouble oh my fucking lord like I'm legit not surprised if he gets a Man United gig at some point because he's a Man United fan so like that could end terribly like holy shit like but um, but then Raggy came in and like again they thought this the the logic was gonna hold up here was the fact that like yes we don't get in he's gonna prime this team for another manager coming up another manager where they clearly were hoping was gonna either be Pochettino or Ten Hag whether Ten, Ten Hag was the actual intended target or not I'm not too sure I still think it was Pochettino I think it was Pochettino yeah. because PSG really like they came out and stuck their guns and he's not leaving before the end of his contract y'all go fuck off. Where now he's probably almost certainly going to get sacked now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny now. Yeah. Well, of course it? he's going to get sacked now because they've got Mbappe running that team. <laughs> yes, that's another one, Jesus. But um, but yeah, even then, like the, 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 the I had to genuinely love how Ragnik, like genuinely, ironically enough, I would make him manager of the season because <laughs> you could clearly tell he was having just a wonderful time, wonderful. taking the piss out of uh, out of Man United, like because. He knew he was getting paid regardless of how the season was ending. That money was up front. Mm-hmm. And he proper was a monorail salesman. Yeah. He yes. Proper, yeah. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> Manchester United, where I recognize the name. Oh no. <laughs> but but like the fact that he could come out and like fans are going like, hey, Ralph, what's happened, Lingard? Oh, he's leaving at the end of the season. It's like, well dude, spoilers. <laughs> 
I just, I just had to laugh at that song. Um, let me get my fork back now, please. Right. Oh, right. No, it's just like, well, Link had wanted to go for ages. Yeah, like. I was bound to happen in fairness, but... He wasn't getting played, so yeah. Yeah. The, the fact that they wouldn't let him back go to West Ham, who actually did kind of need a player like him. Yeah. I would have paid him for him. Would yeah. Would have paid him. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> just, it <laughs> made no fucking sense at all. But that's just... that's. I think it was more so, you know, being petty than anything else. Mm. You know... Or maybe Sasha going, no, I can make this work. Like fucking old Gills. Like, no, mate. No. <laughs> I need to have options. Seal, yeah. the, seal the deal, Gills. Seal the deal. Oh, no, you didn't. But, and, and and since then now, like, I think they're looking at maybe eight to nine players leaving this summer, which is practically a new, a, a first level in of itself. Mm-hmm. But he could lose a goalkeeper. They, they're losing Lee Grant anyway, and obviously he was the bedrock of the team. Um, but they would probably have to sell Dean Henderson because he got no game time at all this season which um, which it was a bizarre decision from him because he was getting first team football I genuinely rate him as a goalkeeper he's very good actually funnily enough when we were we were actually when we the Ramsdale first when Ramsdale first came on the scene for Arsenal yeah I suggested I was like why don't you try and snag Henderson yeah like he's proven he's pretty good I suggested Henderson but yeah, he is a rated goalkeeper. He's a good yeah. 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 But he is a rated and a very good goalkeeper. I mm. I rate like you know. Yeah. I think he he naively thought that he could be able to upround the Kea this year. But then he realised who was actually managing the club and went like uh, like uh, Solskjaer I don't think was based on performances. He based on who he, he thought was the better player. Hence why Wan Bissaka always got the nod over Dallo, even though Dallo is better defensively. Well, Bersak has great stats in certain areas, but because like people always keep pointing out, yeah, he's always out of position. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, why the recovery he... tackles are brilliant. Well, you shouldn't be making recovery tackles because he's like all those spaces behind him. Yeah. It's like someone saying, oh, this goalkeeper's great at goal line clearances. Yeah, because he keeps tricking around under his legs. He has to come to scramble back like. So, like. Hey, that can be a good tactic. That's my argument. Marcus Alonso all the time. Yeah, actually, the Marcus Alonso kind of thing is a, is a, is a good example because. People, certain people will rate him because he thinks he's a great attacking fullback, but then they also forget that's he's meant to be a defender. He's meant to be a defender, and he can't defend. Isn't that a little bit what's going on with TA? A little bit. Some people have been making that point, all right, but I think like I, I, certainly in the Champions League final, that was very evident. You know, yeah. but um, I have but that, to admit, I have to admit, I, lo- I did love the hubris of Alexander Arnold mm. doing an interview with the Guardian, stating, "I can see things." that other people can't mm. and then everybody pointing that out after Champions League final going really yeah well he couldn't see this running behind you <laughs> no and, and, and it's, it's, it's always the same problem with Trent is that that like it's not the fact that he isn't a bad defender it's just that he has one fatal flaw in his game that he's never worked on defending mm. no it was actually I think it was good, good answer but it's not right <laughs> It was. It's. You've but, seen that coming. Though. I know. I know. No, well, Trent didn't. That was a problem. Um, no, it was legit. It's, it's his body position. Like yeah. he he turns too slowly for for a track back. You know, pace wise, he can catch up. But when you're going up against someone like Vinicius, who's all acceleration, you're not gonna you're not gonna catch him in that time. It's just it's impossible. He's just too quick. So when it comes to that, like he his body position's off and then the goal comes in and it's, it's, it's as easy as that but it's like that's why they had played Vinicius in that position yeah no it was you the know. tactical thing on rails totally part. he's yeah. a dangerous player though as well he's phenomenal and even then you have like essentially the identical player in Rodrigo you play on the opposite side if you wanted to but they didn't because you know like Robertson would would kind of like they they have this weird thing where like Rail play they play a central midfielder a right wing so the team is completely off kilter 
as like that fucks up certain teams like City and like Liverpool who are expecting them to line up man for man yeah. so then suddenly when you see a Valverde going like why are you so far away oh god he's running at me fuck <laughs> and then that's where the goal comes from like the one person you think oh they had a precision guy he won't score oh fuck yeah. <laughs> no. that's it that's one thing but um but yeah, like I've at least like with regardless of how the uh, the our Liverpool season has gone, been able to laugh at how bad Man United have been has been laughed. Like literally, this has probably been the best season Liverpool's ever had for multiple reasons. Yeah, like you, you were know. in for the quadruple when he's actually like we were so like, close with two, like you know, you know like, two you know, games, like yeah. You had a fifty percent success rate, and we're like at the very end for the other two, like yeah. It was an exceptional season. Yeah, no, um, like, and the work rate and the ethic, like, you could see in the Champions League final, like, Liverpool, like, were out on oh, their Oh, we feet. were shocked. They were shocked. Um, um, like, and who can blame them? They played, yeah. like, over 60 games. At 60, season, 63 like. games. Every game they could play the season, they did. Yeah. Which I think is, I'm nearly sure, either the first time it's happened or the second time it's happened. Second time it's happened. It was it Chelsea that had that? Chelsea. Ancelotti Chelsea. 2004, 2005. I think we yeah, I think we were in everything. When there was like the proper like that was that was peak Chelsea as well, like yeah. when he's were fucking yeah, cruising at four or five nil like. Um apologies. Yeah. But um but yeah, like, the fact that we did get so close as well, I think is is a testament to the team because they were fucking good all season. Even the fact that we were able to catch up to Man City, mm. if anything, was surreal. Because like I said, everyone's made the point like it was once a fourteen point gap. I know realistically it wasn't that, but even then, to be able to keep pace is exceptional. Um, but even that's just on the Liverpool side. Then the second side is the women's team got promoted. It was like finally someone's paying attention to the women's team. And they and got their open top parade. Yay! Yeah. Like, uh, I was. They were the first bus. They were they were the first up, and then the I think it was the U team, and then the the first team, the men's first team bus. There was there. I can't remember what the sequence were. I think they changed over the parade, but like they got their championship one. They were. Like, they had the same kind of merch as the men's team and all that. It was great. They had a lovely time. And I'm genuinely excited for how next season's going to go because I'm fairly sure now, now that Matt Beard is there, he's pulling strings to get funded. I, I've you know. seen a couple of links now that Liverpool um, are pulling some uh, West Ham players mm. um, because of the Matt Beard. Like, West Ham and Bristol are the ones we keep tugging on. Yeah. So um, um, we as might, as, you we know, might like, as a newly promoted team, like you know, you, you're not going to be expected to be able to pull in the big big names. We'll that's, that should, big that should names. be our job this year. It's, it's, it's going to be survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the table I, will be good target. Do you know what? Like it could be a Liverpool Everton scrap mm. for relegation. Um, again this year. The name counts. I think the name. The name is of course Liverpool. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean that men's team. And other things as well will mm. carry them as well. So it's also it, it's also it is also that like once they know that the they they're actually being treated seriously, I think more players will be willing to go because you know Matt Beard, he has such a great record as well with winning WSL titles with not fancy teams though. Mm-hmm. Like he won it with Liverpool before, and again that was when they had a fantastic team at that time. But he's had great success with the likes of West Ham and Bristol's, who like Bristol City, for example, was a basket case when he took it over. Yeah. And even for a few months, at least he gave yeah, him he a took good it over from maternity leave, wasn't it? And mm. they actually clawed back an eleven-point deficit. They were so <laughs> close to surviving, but it didn't get there in the end. Well, the player that he recruited, he all signed for Liverpool. Yana Daniels. Um, mm. Oh, it was the main one there. I can't remember her. Um, it was Rachel Laws. Rachel Laws was one. Yeah. Um, there was four altogether. Carla Humphrey? No, not Humphrey. No, no, but Humphrey's, yeah, she was Bristol. Yeah, she was, you're right. And Michaela Moore was the other one. So they all came in at the same time, just for the season. 
they all got recruited they all got promoted as a team but the players they're signing in the interim like they, they poached the, the goalkeeper off uh, Derby County I think her name was Clark oh yeah there, there was um, serious yeah, talent there yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was because yeah. of what happened to um, to to, the goal, to our goalkeeper to uh, Rachel Laws like the horrible fucking what happened to her but um, but even then but the biggest signing like we thought we were around with, with just Leanne Kiernan up front but then obviously you go no no you improve on your best area sometimes they bring in Katie Stengel from um, from the mm. US College Leagues She's been fucking brilliant. She's matched Leanne Kernan in terms of goal scoring. So even then, that whole season's been good, right? So not only have you got the men's team going all the way with our competitions, you've got the women's team, in, in, in the end, cruising the championship. I know it's tough at some point. But then you've got also Everton having their worst season in a century. <laughs> yeah. Man United collapsing. But legit, like, there was one permutation. You know, I believe in parallel universes. There's one universe out there where Liverpool win the quadruple. Man United are out of Europe and everything get relegated. And I want to live in that world. <laughs> I'm genuinely curious about how that works. There was a point, there was a point where happened. I was like, mm. this is going to happen. Like, I thought, oh my God. I think, well, who was that they came back to win 3-2 against? Was it Villa? Uh, it was, uh, yes, it was Villa, yeah. It was Villa. Mm. They were 2-0 down mm. at halftime. I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Because if they lost that match, they were bone. They were bone, yeah. 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 I was like, it's happening. They're going to get fucking relegated. I didn't... I, like I've been entertaining it was a kind of hype dream but I was like shit this is actually fucking happening mm. and then they rallied back and I was going oh my fucking god like like you mentioned earlier on angry Seamus Coleman <laughs> all it took for him to get good again was to make him angry and it's just yeah. like, probably angry at Lampard's incompetence but uh, this is exactly what I was going to say and no offence to the Chelsea fan or anything. you would never a relegation fight team but it's, but it's also that like it, it's such a a false like dawn to say that Lampard is going to get here without everything tied because all he's done is wind the club up. Yeah. He has wound the club up. He's made them more tribal, he's made them more militant and you can see it in the fan base. The fan base are picking fights, like they're, they're, they're having rows, they're storming pitches and that because in a sense like Lampard is telling them no, we're in a fight, we have to rah, rah, rah. you know, he's properly going full Tory and going Brexit means Brexit. Rah, rah, rah. You know, he's <laughs> literally like he's waiting, all I'm waiting for is a blonde wig. That's about it like. Or proof, or news he's had a lockdown party, you know, the kind of way. He but, should never have been appointed to Chelsea, never mind everything. Yeah, he I agree. Wasn't, he wasn't ready, like, he was doing a great job at Derby, yeah. don't get me wrong, but they're not the same level currently mm. as Everton, never mind Chelsea. Like, yeah. So, yeah, and when he was being appointed to Everton, they mm. were in a relegation battle, you needed somebody who had been there before. 100%. Frank has never managed anybody in trouble like that and they scraped by by the skin of their teeth and it wasn't because of him I don't think no but he's going to take that credit of course he, he, is. he will he will he's a manager it, but not even that but the people the, the Lampard fanciers like pundits wise and people like that will go oh he saved them I was like no let's let's be fair here Everton survived <laughs> Lampard fanciers you mean Harry Redknapp Harry, well the Redknapps generally to be honest but um, but like the Harris Cousins but they, yeah, they are. Fuck me. But here's the thing about that, right? The reason Everton survived, and I'm happy to be on the record with saying this, is because Bernie sh- sacked Sean Dyche. That is genuinely the only reason that they mm-hmm. survived. Because if Sean Dyche was in that job, Bernie would have found a way out. Yeah. Like they. Because he's been in a relegation battle before. He is the relegation guy. Like he's mm-hmm. the guy you do ask if you want to immobilize a team. You know. Literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah. But. But that's the thing, like, 
in a sense, I'm not surprised Burnley got relegated this year. Mm. It was just the fact that, like, obviously they lasted so long on this kind of marginal line. But if you ask any Burnley fans, and I know there's at least a couple out there, um, they they would say <laughs> the writing's been on the wall for some time with the new been owners. Translated into Neanderthal, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, no, they would say that like, like these grunt, them, clicks and whistles. But the, the, <laughs> yeah. Well, not even, yeah, but that's exactly what's happening. Is the fact that like the, the the new owners are literally doing the glaciers on Burnley, they're asset stripping, they're taking money out of the club, they're adding debt to the club itself. Wasn't there like a it's like a fifty million quid loan that they now have to repay? Sixty. Sixty million oh, quid Jesus. loan, yeah. That they now have to repay. They wouldn't have to repay. Wouldn't have had to repay it had they stayed up. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they're relying on the parachute payments, which by the way are ending this year. So if they don't get, re- okay. yeah. yeah. So which means that they don't get the, they won't get the benefit of it. Then if they say get promoted, they have to now stay in the championship to get the parachute t- payments. So now you can see, oh, now it's a, it's not necessarily a coincidence now that Ben Mee and James Tarkovsky are going for free, and Nick Pope is going for a cup price deal. They're they're stripping the club of everything they see. Do not be surprised if they they get ready to get to League One, because that's that's what they're doing. That's the that's the aim. Is to, that was definitely possible with Everton because Everton. Have yeah. they gone down? They had anchors. The amount of yeah. debt leverage, mm. the amount of debt that club has swamped under. Yeah. Had they gone down, I reckon they could have done a proper Sunderland on that. I totally agree. I think it was the exact same situation. Yeah. The same way the Sunderland oh. didn't survive, everything did. Yeah. That's how marginal it is. And it still is, like, let's be fair. They're still recording serious amounts of losses for the club they're in. Mm-hmm. They're living way beyond their means. And again, you say that the one after any Evertonian, they will fucking, like, glass your eyes out. But that is the reality of it, like. Um, the Everton just like as a whole club because we mentioned already they were in a relegation battle yeah. <laughs> in the WSL which mm. absolutely should not like whatever they were fun. They, you, you tipped them to be like a challenger like at least like top three or top you four you saw like. the signings they made like some of the best players that were signed last mm. summer all went to Everton yeah and did fuck all yeah <laughs> like yeah it was ridiculous um, it's still a little difficult to play under four managers in the season though or three. Yeah. It's, yeah. Worth, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell. We don't speak manager. about Villeneuve. <laughs> um, the worst Villeneuve. But no, they're absolutely ridiculous on all sides of the... For yeah. Everton women to be dead. Like, it's a similar kind of um, context to the Premiership yeah. where they have, like, spent millions of, you know, on these star names mm. and yet can't string three passes together. It's astounding, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the guys in here is like I love that like the likes of Rafa was getting so much shit from doing what he thought was the right call with Everton and at the start of the season it was he got players in at a discount because he knew there wasn't any money there he knew that that, that team were so marginal with finances like, I'm not gonna he sell Dignate he was the one he was he was um, so to say he was purported to be responsible <laughs> for moving Dignate but he didn't like Dinier. He didn't like the way he played. He thought he was too attacking. He wanted a defensive left back. But why not the... just move him forward forward? Yeah. Here's the thing, because we mentioned this about Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm. If you're Alexander-Arnold, yeah. right, aren't you fucking fed up with people? I mean, he's what, the third youngest person ever to have won every single medal. He is. He has made, he's had a record for being the youngest person to be in three Champions League finals at 23. Yeah. So like I said, he's been in a, he's been in a, he has a pedigree of being that yeah. type of player. Yeah. Aren't you not fed up with people constantly saying, oh yeah, but he's not a good defender? Mm. And going, right, well I'm going to do everything I fucking can now mm. to be made a winger. I don't want to be a fucking right back. It's a fair know? point. That, uh, to yeah. Turn around and go, here, take the number two and stick yeah. it 
up your jacksy. Mm. I don't want it. Give me a higher number. Make me further forward. Well, that's that is supposed to be his future in a sense because bear in mind, like he started off youth academy as a number six and a number eight. He has always been that player. The trouble is that his crossing ability is so good. You don't get that benefit when he's playing centrally. You have to play him out wide. Klopp system and no doubt the system that like Linders will play when he succeeds Klopp is that you need a wide player. So he's not in that, that position in a sense doesn't really matter defensively in that style because you have two solid centre backs behind you. They'll cover it as best they can. In the Champions League final, it didn't it failed once and that's what lost the game. It's like it, that those that is the risk they run. They've always won on a, on a, on a system of risk. Calculated risk. Yeah, but, but the output has always been more than what you failed. Now, again, I agree with you. I would rather have him actually track back and do that. But the logic is, at least for the way Liverpool set up, is that it's better off if he does step up those couple of yards. Because he played an outside trap anyway. Mm. So they might as well step up and do that. But as we were talking about, he's always his body positioning is so poor for a player of his quality. That's why maybe he doesn't get the England call-up. Because Southgate goes, no, safety first, I want the defensive. That's why he has Kyle Walker, because well, his track is so good. Southgate has, like, Southgate wants a fullback to do <clears throat> defending. Yes. And he's just like, no, nah, he doesn't set up his team. He's, he's not going to he, set he up. Says up his he team. says, yeah, yeah, this way my whole life, bro. <laughs> that is a solid Gareth Southgate impression. Um, <laughs> but legit, like, but like, he plays a back three, so like, Trent's system, Trent's like, skill set doesn't suit. You know what I mean? Because he's too advanced. He's like a he's like a, a quarterback. You know that's why he, he try and play him centrally one time. He, it was terrible. Yeah. Like he was he was setting them trying to for a fall with yeah. doing that because like Trent well, hasn't played midfield for years. Somebody like of the journals trying to call for him to go central because he was such a good playmaker. Mm. Uh, I feel like that was just a right. Well, let's just show them that's how, proved, how yeah. much this isn't going to work. <laughs> now, don't, yeah, now, don't get me wrong. Let's uh, let's see yeah. a whip in across from the, the but, circle. <laughs> conversely, there was the kind of same kind of pressure put on. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, Neville, Phil mm. Neville, <laughs> uh, to put Leo Williamson in midfield, and uh, he was like, "Okay, but I, I don't understand why you're asking me to do this." <laughs> and then she just pings balls like left, right, center, like you know, yeah. absolutely over the top. And he's like, "Oh, that's why they put that. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> huh. That's why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> it was like it does, it I feel does. like he tried to do a Gareth Southgate yeah. and like. Ah, oh, prove all of these people wrong, I and mean, then oh shit, they were all. Hey, right. go out there and wrong. fail <laughs> in your preferred position. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that that's the thing. Like, so in that in that kind of like that idea of the as I said with the with those players being played out position, with the with Rafa's thing was that Digne was that was his trend in a sense where he was such a good playmaker, but Rafa always had a defensive back line. He always had a defensive back four, even when he was at Newcastle and with Chelsea, really. Yes. With Chelsea, he immobilized that back four. Yeah. To a certain extent, and he won like a, a, a UEFA Cup out of it. Like, mm-hmm. it was so good. But the thing was that Rafa was promised the moons and the stars with, with with Everton in the sense where, okay, you're here for a couple of years, put your stamp on it, and get us and keep us up the league. But Rafa, I think, knew fairly early on this team is tumbling, tumbling down because there's so many egos, there's so many different clashes, and he just brought players who were good, honest players like Demary Gray and Andros Townsend, and they fucking ran through walls for him. But then, and when Calvert Lewin got his injury at the most worst mm. time, they had he had to do something because he couldn't rely on McCarlison, and they had no backup striker used system wise because he fucking loaned them all out. Mm-hmm. So he had to bring in Salomon Rondon, right? Who again runs through walls for for Rafa at Newcastle. The trouble was he was in the Chinese league. They've been in lockdown for two years. <laughs> he had no preseason, so yeah. he was coming to he was coming to Everton completely out of shape, like three stone overweight, 
and was being expected to play first team football. He had to trundle along so he didn't fucking pop a hamstring. Yeah. You know. So like every, the calamities were happening left, right, and centre, and then whatever the fuck is going on with their injuries. Like they had more injuries, I think, in one season than any club have ever had. And they're all minor strains. They're all hamstrings and all this sort of stuff. Did, did we sell them or Medical team. <laughs> well, you guys are more. You guys are more dramatic, really. Like yours, you guys are broken legs and ACLs. Like, Actually, you know. funnily enough, like somebody did do a table of most days with players injured, mm. and Arsenal were second best. Yeah, um, the only only team to have less injuries was Palace. Mm. But the thing is, the injuries that we did get yeah. were to key players. Key players, yeah, that's so the difference. So you like Tierney, Tomiyasu. Tierney has been a, such a massive loss, like, but yeah. Yeah, um, he, he actually said that he, he did that injury in the gym, like he came back from Scotland duty, went yeah. into the gym, was working out, and then his knee went, and he's like, "Oh, I think I better go down to the physio and have mm. a scan." Yeah, and that scan was like, "Yeah, we need to open you up." Well, <laughs> shit like that happens sometimes. So we yeah. like, we asked Joe Gomez last season because he jumped for a header yeah. in training, and his knee just went no. Yeah. His knee, he he jumped, and his knee didn't follow him. Which is bizarre. It's 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 like a stress injury we in did, in in short in slow motion. We yeah. didn't get Part of it, like I be fully convinced is they're playing an awful lot more matches now yeah. than they than they were, and I don't think they've taken that into consideration in terms of the preparation yeah. and the recovery work. Because mm. it's just the amount of stress that on their bodies, people don't take it into consideration. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, that's why I'm, that's why I'm delighted the five subs were staying is staying prominent. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, and then just on the women's side of things, uh, Arsenal have signed a new uh, strength and conditioning coach, so mm. they now have two dedicated strength and conditioning coaches for the women's team. Nice. Um, in a season where injuries, while not being broken knees, club yeah. um, levels from a few years ago, it throws it throws your stride off though. It, it definitely like it kind of key players in key kind of um positions yeah were out injured so Tobin Heath barely played like yeah didn't make an impression she was gone before the end of the season but the thing is, she? when she was on the pitch she made an impression yeah. but she just didn't have those mm. opportunities because she was injured a lot yeah um Iwabuchi it was um announced after the season she got double ankle surgery so both Jesus. her ankles uh, acted up over the se- like so I feel like that's why she can get the minutes that she kind of she started off really hot like, oh my god yeah, she was brilliant. on fire at the start of the season she's with all the promotional material because yeah. she's just a wonderful smiler yeah. <laughs> every he, single piece of promotional Ryan material is just like oh my god like she's just what a player um, yeah, and yeah then, right where right where's her jersey and some yeah. of those photos Aww. yeah um, but like and she is a baller but like she mm. did just so people are kind of like oh maybe she doesn't fit Jonas's kind of system. style of play it's not system. true like but like yeah. she when she's fully fit she can press yeah. and she can do that kind of high tempo stuff mm. that he wants but obviously her ankles were a bit so I, I remember actually... watching the first um, Arsenal Chelsea game of the season I think it was like right at the start of the season like the, the second yeah, or third the match the 3-2 day. in the yeah. Emirates and it was just or, yeah that, no that's what it was yeah. that's exactly where it was and the fact was that because I, I wanted I, I wanted to see how what was the difference between Eidval and, and Montemore because Montemore was so kind of like everyone everywhere yeah. there was no fixed position whereas Eidval was very kind of like rigid comparatively yeah where, but his was a very obvious style whereas like you peel off the last last woman and you make a run and that opens the space up down for your number nine and you could already see that with McCabe I think was always was was she was still left back but she was overlapping with Iwabuchi yeah but Iwabuchi didn't need the overlap because she already was keeps keeps killing the yeah. centre back so well it was like holy fuck she and got some more remarkable close control with the ball as well. Yeah, Kazorla like Kazorla esque. Yeah, like yeah. you said that. Like, yeah, she's getting 
beasted by two other players and she still got the ball. Also, yeah, yeah, ankle injuries like yeah. hopefully yeah. nothing yeah. that <laughs> bizarre. Um, but just kind of on. Let's talk about the Arsenal side then. So yeah, like, you had the challenge for top four. It was going well with a team that let's on paper let's say was weaker than say what Spurs ended up with post January. Yeah. And Chelsea and well let's face it United should be qualifying for Champions League with that team. Even West Ham were on such a great run as well mm-hmm. with Europe. But obviously it's came short in the end. Like, if you told me at the start of the season... Yeah. Fifth, this is the question I was going to ask is, would you be happy with fifth of the season? Absolutely. Yeah. Looking at that squad on paper, as I said at the beginning, that like I don't fancy that squad going up against Bayern. Yeah. It was so, it's nine, so thin as well. Yeah. Like We don't have the depth. Mm. Um, we had a starting 11-ish... Um, <laughs> <laughs> a squad of 17 and one most random, random yeah. generated player <laughs> kind of the same with the women at some stages yeah um, but no like uh, we don't have the squad depth to go and challenge a new competition mm. um, we had to shed the load having not been in Europe and losing yeah. out on that money um, so having that year off from European football meant that we had to cut the numbers and yeah. then now that we're back into Europe that means we need to have the numbers back again mm. um, but we still need to cut some of those numbers yeah <laughs> you got big you got small numbers but big wages but now mm. with like the likes of Lacazette and Aubameyang now officially off your books that yeah. should free up yeah our bit. obligations to Aubameyang end yeah Aubameyang oh, sorry Lacazette's off to Lyon that's yeah. already done done the dust he's mm. already out of the team Um. And there's a lot. There's lots of players now that just need to be shared. We got the money from Gundogan's deal. That's ten million. Um, Should we get more of him? In fairness, like, just, I think we're just happy to get shot of him. Mm. Um, I think you. Regret, you I think you live to regret that. To be honest, but that's why. No, for the way he plays for that for that Marseille. Oh no, team. no, the way yeah, he, yeah, Marseille the way, though. But if he tries to go into a bigger squad where he thinks he is the big man, mm. he he needs to be at a squad where he does he does. Puppet string, like, yeah, yes. okay, fair. Yeah. So, you got four million for Mavropanos from Stuttgart. Mm. Um, and then there's other players now uh, that n- kind of need to be sold, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but Hickey Bell wants to stay at Betis. Betis want to keep them. He had a great season. He Betis had a great fucking season. Like, won the Copa del Rey with them. Yeah, that's, that's exactly um, what I mean. That's really, a key, key player in yeah. that. Pellegrini has committed to him, like, just like, yeah. stay in here, be the captain, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's, he loves got, him. he's got a year left in his contract. Mm. Um, loads of other players. Reece Nelson. Reece Nelson had a good second half of Feyenoord. Yeah. Um, but he's on. He's into the last year of his contract. Like the thing is, they might look at Reece Nelson if they can't get a good enough price selling him mm. with his European experience this year with Feyenoord. Yeah. Because playing in a different league. Mm. Um, is they is it worth holding on to him to use him as a squad player for the Europa League for the group stages maybe um, like mm. if we can't get anything better is it better holding off selling him well to answer the question what's your youth system like at the minute have you got someone ready made to replace him no not at the minute we've well, got like Charlie Patino is probably the closest but he's more centrally central isn't he yeah. he's number 8 uh, like, we don't really have any wingers as far as I know no. Mario or... Hutchinson maybe Catalan surgeon, that, that, that Catalan surgeon guy. He just yeah. resigned this new. Co- he's but like, mm. I still think like they're boys. Yeah, like, they're not. They're not. They're ready, not. Like, they're not first team yeah. ready. Like no, yeah. No, no. So at all. it depends. Resell him. Might go. Might not. I think the best thing for the best. Uh, my ideal situation for him would be to extend his contract and keep him on loan. Yeah, I'd like that. Mm. Um, protective but, value in, in a yeah. sense. Protective yeah. value and he, give him yeah, a full he's season. a young English player mm. who has that potential. Is getting first team football now with failure. He wasn't at the beginning. I think yeah. he just couldn't. Oh yeah, no, you just he, couldn't do it. I think one of the, I don't know if you listened to the same podcast, but I uh, think I did. Yeah, but he was talking about his diet. Yeah, his diet, yeah. where he actually just didn't know how to cook, cook for himself. Yeah, yeah, he didn't know how to fuel for matches or to like 
get you know uh, rest and recovery phases in probably mm. and it was like that kind of shit like you should probably like, he probably was taught in the academy but was kind of like yeah, oh, it's, it's weird. you don't take it in until it's the funny when, yeah, it's yeah. when like I remember reading interviews with Jack Wilshire and Jack Wilshire was like oh yeah his conditioning at times was so bad like he couldn't stand on one leg for any period of time and I'm like I can do that for fucking ages man and I'm nowhere <laughs> nowhere near an athletic guy to guy yeah. I was like no wonder he was constantly getting injured like I say mm. he had no strength and conditioning mm. yeah. I say he just no conditioning whatsoever his um, body was just made out of fucking yeah like paper. that Like, and then are some women stealing one of the strength and conditioning coaches isn't going to help that no, no, no but, uh, actually that was needed yeah it was an internal um uh, promotion it mm. was a academy strength and conditioning coach has been brought up to the first team for the women mm-hmm. which kind of it's great to see that there's kind of that inter-club kind of it's, it's treated as one system yeah yeah. yeah um, but it was initially with um, the announcement of uh, Idaval and Arteta, Arteta. 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 I, that, I yeah. love that I like that, that. Mm. Um, like Idaval, I'm still on the fence about it. I, 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 I like him I think I like the way he's doing it I think it just didn't well, didn't work didn't from this like, year what, what, no no I do agree like he brought us closest we've had like been to winning it and like yeah. we took Chelsea down to the last day but what lost it for us was and mm. um, that United game Birmingham. I think, the Birmingham yes yes we, but like also Chelsea lost to Reading 1-0 yeah so they had their fuck up mm. and then which was a fucking amazing goal goal of the season Diana Rose um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the Idaval the match against Man United so I think I, because yeah. we played them off the park yeah and they were frustrating us so much that at some point that was a nil-nil nil, wasn't Tom, it no it was one all and one it was an assist from Miedema to Blackstinius on her debut yes that absolute like oh that was the Miedema fucking ghost ball that yeah. nobody apparently saw but mm. apparently went through oh that was yeah. fucking what, what, like, what was that 50 yards or yeah. something ridiculous and mm. it's straight uh, it was brilliant brilliant but that was an equaliser yeah and we were so dominant in that game. Mm. But it got to the point where Martha Thomas was fouling and Idaval got right up in her face. <laughs> and I didn't like that. But like at that point... He's I was very like, intense. He's so yeah. intense. But then when uh, Arsenal bet Chelsea at the Emirates at the start of the year mm. and he did a celebration on the sideline with his bent knees. I don't know yeah, if you know. I, yeah. And the Chelsea women, when they won on the final day mimicked his celebration I was like okay I'm backing him for life <laughs> <laughs> fuck you aww aww that's right Ch- have a Chelsea fan here <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of actually um, let's talk about Chelsea <laughs> let's talk about Chelsea um, very very busy off the uh, off the pitch for you really now obviously WSL you do you win it Arsenal give you a fair fight yes even though like still like there are like some it, 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 I suppose, like from uh, from the WSL point of view, like it's made hard work of it a little bit, in that sense. Harder than than we should. Than it should be, yeah. But yeah. like we, well, we could say the same thing. Yeah, I guess so. Know. Yeah, but we did. There wasn't any like anyone to take advantage of it in the league, really, because as I said, the likes of Man City and Everton just kind of fell fell over themselves, really. Yeah. Well, Man City just decided to shoot both feet. That was bizarre. Like, they <laughs> they, shoot, they didn't they, shoot themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in both, both feet. Yeah. Um. And did the same to their three keepers. They're down to their fourth, fourth choice keeper for some of their matches in October. So Insane, like, yeah. Um, and now the yeah. exodus as well. They're, like, they're losing so many of their star, their key players for nothing. Like they're not as yeah. if they're transferring mm-hmm. anywhere like that. They're all on the on the market. Like someone can pick up Lucy Bronze if they want to, which I think is insane. But um, but if we switch to the men's side, then obviously you you guys finished third, like. Comfortably also made that very hard work. I was about to say, yeah, because like you, you were comfortably the third, third best team in the league, even going into the kind of uh, into the start. 
you had Lukaku coming in, and um, and the, and and the sheer fact that like you can, uh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> but like that, that kind of is making me dizzy. Yeah, a little bit. But um, but the, but the thing is that you obviously were the third best team regardless of the, in the league because there was a, there was a couple of views obviously like defend the Champions League as well. Mm-hmm. So you had extra, a few extra games over the season. Um, at awkward times, I know, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, pointless competition. But even before then, over that. yeah, really, like you, you put in for the competitions, you know what the judge was going to yeah, be like. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Give over moaning about, and you have the squad depth to, to back it up as well. So it's not as if these competitions as well have come out of nowhere. No, no, like, he's oh, not. Hang on, you just invented not, it. You just want the money, like so. Like what? Yeah. Why? Are you, yeah. Why are you complaining when you've got three matches in a week? Exactly. Yeah. Get over it. Mm. But like. But obviously, we, we, we started a little bit about the Lukaku situation mm. and how much of a disastrous transfer that was in the end. Yeah, he did not suit. He did not... Um, he didn't get any goals that mm. were, like... Or didn't get enough goals, rather. Yeah. He got a handful. How many did he score? Uh, he's a single what? figures. Sing, single digits. Something single like eight, five or eight. Because like, 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 yeah, yeah, Harder, also a huge summer signing for Chelsea, also mm. didn't score that many. She scored the same amount as Louise Quinn for Birmingham that's, City. That, that says no more. Like, yeah, no, just... Uh, yeah, no, it's a fair Like, between him and Werner not firing on any cylinders, uh, it was essentially then left to Havertz, Pulisic, and midfield, mm. like to pull out any goals. Yeah. Um. So we're essentially working with no strikers. Mm. Which works for Man City. <laughs> we made it a lot more work. Yeah. But. Uh, Look, I, I, I do find and, that and astounding. Yeah. With what's ha- what happened with Roman Abramovich in Ukraine mm. and the club being sold, you can actually see that impacting on the players yeah. on the pitch. Yeah, I'm just checking yeah, here about the way. contract, like you know, they, they you know, that's, that's why we've lost Rudiger. Yeah, yeah. Like he's gone. He he was actually a decent defender. I liked him. I know he, he, he was by far the best. He, he had, had a co- calamity in him or, or two, but like lost Christensen as well, hasn't he? He's Christensen he's, he's, went last season. Yeah. So you're losing Christensen, Rudiger, and Aspilicueta. Christensen was gone. Yeah, I know he's yeah. gone, but he was he's leaving this year. Like in he he was playing this year though, Christensen. Yeah, not really. Mm. He played like I think two. Games. A couple of games, yeah. But that like but he was so even then you're still looking you're losing three pretty big yeah. defenders, especially two you could have sold on for fairly well. Like mm-hmm. and Aspilicueta is going to be a big loss too. In that sense, so essentially you could argue they've lost an entire back three just out of that. That's if they don't do something with us, Philip Lasher. That's true. Which he could do, because he, because you know, he's pretty settled where he is. Yeah. Um. Um. So. With, in terms of the the calamities with Rudiger, mm. I think Thiago Silva had a mm. hand in that because mm. even with um any of the the Chelsea defenders, you could actually see a complete change. Yeah. He in, was a, he's been immense though this season as well, his, I feel like. His first match back he was talking in French to Mendy. Yeah. And Rudiger. In German. Uh in German. Yeah. Uh, like and somebody and, and else. in English in English, in English, English yeah. Like madness. Yeah. All while playing and fucking reading the game better than uh, yeah. most yeah. of the players on that pitch. Mm. So he, you can definitely see the same with now that so Czech with COVID signed back up as a Chelsea goalkeeper yeah. and is training. Yeah. And you can actually see the difference 
a little bit with Mendy, but when Mostly Kepa was playing, mm. you could see a difference in his reading of the game and, and his choices. Yeah, from watching from, and yeah. from, from Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, like, more teams should do stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Really. I, yeah, I agree. Um, but so overall, what, a... so how would you have assessed then the actual, um, shall we say, the actual reading of the, of the Abramovich situation? Because obviously, you have your new owners now, more or less set in stone and Todd Bowley. Yes. Very much like, how do you see that? Because like, you, we know like how much like you've been able to spend over the last couple of like year, seasons. Like well, we had, we did have a, a, a ban. You had a, yeah, you had a ban. Yeah, you had a few in. lean years, yeah. and that's why we brought up players like Tammy Abraham, yeah, Mason uh, Mount, Mason Mount, um, Reece James. James. Yeah, like the, there was. He's such a good fucking player, Reece James. Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, he's actually so one of those players good. that's so good it makes you kind of angry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he's always been Chelsea's and no one yeah. else's. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> well, like we had Lauren James. Yeah. Not our academy because Chelsea let her go. That's right, yeah. And, and uh, she ends up signing back for Chelsea. Back yeah. for Chelsea. <laughs> like, and you can understand, <laughs> but like, yeah, she's just going to be some yes. player for you next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, like that could be one of the reasons why like they're not too worried about Espelicueta. Probably, well, no, but you he's have still, that, yeah. He's still only kind of coming back from injury, too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, the bad, he had a bad knock this year, didn't he? Yeah. Um, him and Chilwell. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, Chilwell, yeah. Yeah, um, but he's back training now. Good. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, like it's not as if the Chelsea, like the Chelsea future certainly isn't dark in any sense. It's just uncertain because you don't know how much you're going to be in the market for. Because you have to replace yeah. players, but you're not sure why how much of a. It, it's the same as when any new in. owner comes in. It's yeah. just that ours was just a really weird process. Yeah. It wasn't just a case of. It wasn't oh, planned. It's been yeah, it wasn't planned uh, at all. Like, like in comparison to like Newcastle. Yes. It's such a protracted uh, affair, like as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it was so uncertain, and you yes. could literally see players being like, "I don't know what to do. Mm. I don't know what I'm not." <laughs> like say, at one point, I noticed a lot of sensationalism about it. Was like, sports ball. But they were worried. Sports yeah. ball. So who's that, meant to be there? Oh shit, I am. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were more worried about being paid. Yeah, exactly. They, they had to get a license in order to. Be paid. <clears throat> so, so in a sense, look, I kind of see. I I do feel like. Chelsea would try and copy what I would call the Liverpool model in mm. a sense where like they will ramp up the market value for their squad players to sell on and to find in players that like let's say like, like Chelsea have a better youth academy than Liverpool do like that's undoubted they have such a great catchment area they in that kind of area they also have a massive loan book they do but that will I'm sure, I'm sure that will narrowly deplete over time because they'll have to use some of those loan players or at least they, they'll probably want to just to for sake of efficiency you know Um. Because like I said, they, now the they've new there's new lo- loan rules as well, so they have to sell those players. Yeah. I think they have they're limited to six or eight players. I think. Do you wait for the directive? I don't know what the new rules. Yeah, I'm not it's, sure. It's considerably less than the forty. That the Chelsea do have. Yeah, exactly. So, I suppose the last thing to say about the Chelsea situation, like, are you happy that that Tuchel's going to stay? Do you think he's going to get caught by anyone else? Because he seems very fairly comfortable there. Tuchel will say he he does, he he's got those players working well considering what's going on. Yeah. Um, I don't see it. I don't. I can't think of any other manager to come in really. Mm. <laughs> that would be interesting. To be fair, Pochettino's in the market of apparently. Well, no, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll weigh no, in. I'll he's, weigh not in. A, he's not a Chelsea. I know. I'll weigh in with Stilberto. I'll weigh in with Stilberto's opinion of Emma Hayes. Oh. Not a great coach. Always coaches great teams, but mm. is not a great coach. 
Oof. Ooh. I, I would kind of add to that. I think she's a good man manager. As in the fact She'll get a performance out of somebody. Yeah. Yes. Um, but tactically, I think she is... Jason has done a, a behind-the-scenes um, documentary on Chelsea. And uh, we are going to um, be able to see kind of like... I suppose a little bit more in-depth into how she manages and how she coaches. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think she... What I do like about her, like what, regardless of you know the club that she played for, because she, we made her. Yes. Uh, she was one of the Invincibles coaches with us, so mm. she learned everything she knows from us. Um, so I don't actually hate her, even though she's a Chelsea manager. I have huge respect for her. Yes. Um, but she's a great character. Yeah. She, personality. That, the personality is what like it's what gets the performances out of the team. Yeah. It's what well, gets um, the plaudits from the pundits. Yes. Um, and but whether it, or not her skills are actually there. To yeah, she's kind of the poster. Warrant. She's only the poster child for the for the WSL. If you were trying to sell them to us, like, oh, oh yeah, Emma she's Hayes. a British woman and like and Brexit here, no, very she's, clear Brexit here. She's done, <laughs> she's done quite a lot for the women's game. Absolutely, yeah. I, and I, yeah. I'm not ever going to deny that. No, because not. like I said, we made her. Well, but, uh, but that's the thing. But is she at least she's I a, have, she's I a will name. still get my cheap shots in. Like she's a great villain. Yes. Like, and you want to have her on your. She team. has that kind of Jose energy, where like, yeah, just like, yeah, fucking beat her the team. Nice, like. the the pre like I'm mm. the special one, Jose energy. Yeah, yeah. The, the ego. But, but yeah. Before it became, I'm shit and can't actually back up my words. Jose. That's yeah. yes. Yeah. And I'm now resorted to winning the fucking conference league. But still going, oh, five, five. You, Did you not read the, the And Jose report, is like? being uh, tipped for the PSG. PSG job, yeah. If Pochettino goes, Watch Jose's the, the world burn. burn. Oh, man. Mourinho and Mbappe. Oh. But the, the thing is... He has like, a gift that keeps on giving. But the thing they are is, so he, bad. He, like, he's not going to be able to do anything because he's to literally run everything past Mbappe. Exactly, Mbappe, yeah. Mbappe mm-hmm. has almost but total control the, now. In fairness, yeah. Mbappe's ideal situation is having a team that sits... Parks the bus and then has him as an outlet. That's yeah. just his. That could actually. That's work. probably why they yeah. want Mourinho there because this is just like ten defenders and Mbappe. Yeah. <laughs> Mourinho would be happy to he'd love set that. a team around Mbappe. Well, in any case, he'll he'll demand like twenty five million quid a year for it. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, but wouldn't like he'll get it. So uh, I suppose the last word then. Could wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, there's lots of things. Like, if I was getting Neymar's money, I wouldn't have done the PSG. You know, I wouldn't be uh, like I wouldn't have done that. I, I, you say that, but like I mean, if Neymar can't even leave a PSG be tried because he's owned by the Qatari royal family. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's the that's the most fucked up part of his contract. That's something he's bought into though. I that's true. Yeah. That. I'm like he's he's don't get me wrong. He's made more money than fucking Crozius. Mm. But I wouldn't have done it. No, I would not. <laughs> For, uh, personally, my moral and ethics would have gone. Uh, from I wouldn't have gone. From, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone from playing alongside Messi and fucking as turbocharged Suarez. Yes. To that yeah fuck that no to, way. to take to winning every game and every game very much not mattering mm. until it gets to the Champions League which by the way the Champions League was a bit of a weird one this year wasn't it I know like we said it would like the final end up being Liverpool Real Madrid statistically the most common final based <laughs> off trophies alone although you might try to say AC Milan had that kind of argument but mm. a lot of the big hitters like just like completely fucked it well like Barca are just a shambles so well, Bar- like, Barca like, wasn't was a natural one I think but the likes of PSG knocking no, off and Bayern knocking off I don't, I don't, I don't see that I don't see that as a shock. I think the Bayern. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I thought, I thought the Bayern one was more of a shock. No. Yes. PSG. I was like, no, they're gonna shit the they're bed. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just it's a case of when, not if. Yeah. It's a yeah. Case of when, not if. I don't think it was a surprise the fact that it was the Real Madrid that kind of like put the like kind of buried these teams. Can I? Surely to class alone, like unpopular opinion, probably. <laughs> mm. Um, 
and I mean unpopular in terms of not much people would know enough about this to have an opinion on it. Mm. Uh, but uh, the Women's Champions League was a much more. Uh, that was incredible. Exciting. So mm. like, I know we had a couple of shock results. Yeah. Uh, if you can even call that, I suppose Bayern is probably the only shock. I could even see because Man City don't have the pedigree to get through. We know no. that from previous uh, PSG. Just can't do it. But the fact they were so close this year just makes it all the more sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that game itself was just brown envelope central. I have to say, mm. like that. Looking at that, I was like, that just doesn't smell right. Like something's fishy there. Mm. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Um, the Women's Champions League was absolutely like it was nailed on going to be Barcelona going to win it mm. and what a performance uh, from Lyon to get through yeah. like what uh, an opening goal holy fuck oh, 8 so minutes in I'm, I'm, I'm leading yeah. I'm over 30 yards out <laughs> cut it onto my right foot but can't even cut a call it cutting onto your right foot if you're fucking nearly 35 <laughs> yards from the goal you're not Wins cutting onto anything you've got most of the defensive front if you went half the midfield we <laughs> cutting on this shit pal and she goes I could run past all these <sighs> nah I'm not <laughs> top in the motherfucker I was like oh my god That like if a man had scored that yeah, yeah I'm like, we're going to say this an awful, awful <coughs> if Thierry Henry scored that if yeah. anybody if mm-hmm. any man had scored that like shit it would be it would be still on you know your it'd, Twitter feed yeah people exactly. would be getting a fucking yeah. tattooed into their bodies yeah um, no but it was absolutely because like Barcelona despite uh, Leon being seven time winners mm. uh, in the last ten years or something where but recently it's been like Barca Wolfsburg wherever it was like you've had another team in your mind to yeah. win the Champions League. and mostly has been Barca in but fairness but Barca were on the ascendancy I mean like, yeah. when you look at how they absolutely tonked their league and also when you you look at the players they've got yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get any when you roll it around with like fucking when, when Macario you can, like, when you can mm. sell Lasada yeah, yeah, and still you, not dent your midfield it's fucking insane yeah um, but so, no they're, they're like, steamrolling their league yeah. which is part of the reason I think Viv didn't sign for them this year yeah. because their league isn't competitive enough no um, like you're going there to win the Champions League in essence. Yeah, what was like, kind of a PSG principle. What was the goal difference? Like plus like a hundred or something. Yeah, they yeah. can see it plus one hundred. I think they scored over one hundred and sixty and conceded like twenty. Yeah, like ridiculous. But like that, that just as a final event, mm. I think actually. Obviously, not marred by crowd control issues. Long. Oh, I have words on um, that. Mm. I have a lot of words on that. But absolutely, like football in its purest forms, the fans, it wasn't corporate. Mm. So you know that the fans in the stadium are there because they wanted tickets. Yes. Yeah. They were there. They made the journey. It was a fucking hellscape to try and get to, um, oh my God, what's Juventus's town? Uh, Turin. 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 Um, there was no direct flights from mm. uh, so a lot of the journals I was following were like having to get flights from to Milan to get yeah. another internal flight to Turin and like yeah. mad stuff. And but everyone made that effort and yeah. everyone was there to have a great time and they got brilliant football. Whereas I feel the Champions League, while having that men's Champions League final mm. intensity, wasn't Why? as spectacle. As, no. You know, it was very cagey. It was. It was. It was a chess game. Really. Yeah, whereas like, yeah. the women's game was just like let's have fun. Go. Yeah. 
Like I, I'm not the biggest audience, the biggest yeah. one of the like a full stadium. Like, mm, yeah, great. Like, was yeah. it ninety thousand or something? Like close. I think I think so, the Alpi I think is seventy thousand. Yeah, yeah, seventy thousand. That was the full capacity. Yeah, you had um, and two generally like the two like heavyweights of women's football there. Like, and they went, yeah, they yeah. went for it. Like they fucking went for it. Who goes to he- a Champions League final and... back from injury? Oh, uh, yes. Like nine months after doing her ACL and scoring a goal and being fucking class and, and two assists. In- Narrative, yeah. yeah. And then when she comes back and she's being interviewed by the Zen afterwards, and like she's like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know, people are giving a shit. Oh, I can't say that. Uh, and I, you know, it was just like the pure emotion because you don't get that in the men's game. It's no. so scripted. It's so. Control. You don't get it anymore now. Like, yeah, our, our, <laughs> I like, I like Ars Blog, like the subtitle to Ars Blogs on, mm. on the website is It's fucking brilliant. That's because, oh, I can't remember who said it. Kim Little. No, no, no. Like it was during an interview. It was one of the men's players. I think no, it wasn't Pires. He never, never have done that. I think it was like the Nielsen or somebody like that. <laughs> but in an interview, went ah, oh, it's when we done one of the doubles. He's like, oh, what's it feel like to win? He's like, oh, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, Kim Little, who is like just the epitome ah, of professionalism yes. yeah. in our club, like Captain Little. Um, she, she, you know, is known as nine to five in the by the men's team because she's in the gym. If mm. she's not playing, she's in the gym nine to five. Yeah. And um, there was one interview. Uh, she's talking about Emma Mitchell, and she was like, "Oh yeah, she's fucking banged it in or something like that." And then she's like, "Oh." But she's like, <laughs> "Oh, what a fucking player!" I think mm. it was what she said, and it was just like, "Oh." Like, ah, it's, it's, it's about Mitchell it's, yeah. that's allowed yeah no but like just on that like that's where I think the Champions League um, has such a source now of profit if they're yeah. looking at it from a monetary point of view because like they could if mm. they weren't so misogynist uh, and they focus on their capitalist urges. They, 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 that's the gas thing, milk though. That. <laughs> we, no, we want them to be capitalist <laughs> bastards. Yeah, just <laughs> do it over here. Go over there. Yeah, yeah. It's more football. That's yeah. It. Yeah. be the greedy cunts like, you are. Yeah, ignore did. the women's game. <laughs> it's better. In the Champions League final, Ellie Carpenter, who is the Trent Alexander yes. Arnold of the and she's game. fucking great at it. By she's the way, she's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, did her ACL. Mm. Um, obviously they didn't know at the time but they, yeah. you could tell by the way she was strapped up I was looking at that strap and I was like oh fuck she's done her ACL yeah. you would not know by her face because she was jumping up and down on the crutches she's been carried out by her teammates but then <laughs> you'd not see the medical teams of well, the men's team bull wrap like, bull wrap everywhere yeah, yeah. You would, they're like no 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 straight to the hospital straight into surgery but yeah. you know I think with, with female players it's a bit more complicated than going straight to the hospital yeah, and yeah. surgery mm-hmm. and stuff so mm. um yeah. They're like, okay, go off, off you go, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the celebrations while her leg is completely hanging mm. off. Um, but no, like I think for the spectacle of it. Yeah. No, I, I get it's that, good I get when it, it comes into because actually, funnily enough, I just read a recent Guardian article there, and it was like it was based around women's goalkeepers. Mm. And I was like, I didn't realize that like most of the WSL, like the like most of the teams didn't have proper goalkeeping coaches. Yeah. Like at all? No. Like, yeah. uh, like I think one of the the Spurs goalkeeping coach, the, the Spurs women's team only got a professional goalkeeping coach in, like yeah, this year. Yeah, this we, year Liber- I know for a fact Liverpool got a goalkeeper coach when Matt Beard came in. Yeah. That was a, that was not necessarily yeah. first, first for yeah. a while. And Everton only got theirs in like twenty fifteen. Yeah. And I'm going like, holy shit! Like it, it was like, so David, you done me for like almost a decade. Your, your keepers were showing up and winging it. Yeah, and that's what they were target. They were they, they were the target practice. It is crazy. Emma Byrne used to train with the men's team because she was adamant she needed professional training yeah. as a keeper. Mm. So she, uh, when she would come back to play for the FAI, yeah, 
she asked the FAI, can I train with the men's team mm. goalkeepers? And they're like, oh, I don't know if we can spare the resources for that. So she got the Arsenal men's goalkeeper to come over to the FAI and do warm-ups with Sparrow, her. Yeah. And stu- like, and it's like, she, she that was at his own behest. Like, if he was scheduled... Off his own back, preferably, yeah. yeah. Sorry, like, that was like, um, like, if he was scheduled for the men's team, that got priority. So be it, like, yeah. And she was left, like, he would just tell her what to do. Yeah. And like... Um, yeah, the women's Irish national team still don't have a dedicated goalkeeper coach. Not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised, to be honest. Now, there's, because um, uh, I was looking into this, that like the mm. FAI, you need or, yeah, you need UEFA A licenses in the different categories. Yeah. You need in the UA, there's very few get onto the UEFA A license in goalkeeping. Yeah. Because it's such a... It's, it's niche. A ni- it's niche. It's niche yeah. and it costs more to do and mm-hmm. you don't get as many opportunities to get your practice. And other stuff would get prioritised in essence. So, yeah, yeah um, it's very few. There's loads of UEFA C licences. There's mm. loads of UEFA, loads even more D licences because you need a D licence to coach a kid's team. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. And then, yeah, so like it's just um, like it, the co-keeping the aspect. Yeah. Um, you see that like the in the WSL you're going to have better keepers coming through now because mm. they're going to be kids that have grown up in academies that have dedicated goalkeeper coaches yes. which mm. haven't been the case for the best goalkeeper in the world Emma Burns case. Mm. Yes. But but, it, but on that point like about the um about when you said about the Champions League like it's it's it kind of brought back to me the fact that like when you said about how like how pure and, and in a way honest the women's Champions League final was it kind of makes you kind of feel like why can't they just like be honest and say <clears throat> at least with the men's side let's just start not have fans watch our matches anymore with, with, with UEFA because that's literally <laughs> one of my, that's what, genuinely one of my main takeaways from mm. all that the horrid situation at, um, at the start of France now like I will not make any kind of bones about this that should have been another Hillsborough that, that, that would was, have been. No, no. That as in it was. It was only by good luck and fortune. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just really crazy. I mean, it's mad. Like the French police have never encountered a problem that they don't think they can't, couldn't be solved with chemical warfare. It it it, bow, it boggles <laughs> exactly. my mind. That is their answer to literally anything, any fucking pepper protest. Spray pepper spray and tear gas. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with them? Like I know, like I know, we I know sometimes some countries will get shit. Like say Hungary and Bulgaria about how heavy-handed they can be with certain with running organizations and running like events, but you look at Albania hosted the um, the conference league first time they've ever hosted a major competition in their in their history in their country's history, not a problem. That has been reported. I'm sure like mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it's a conference There'd be league. Minor com- there, there would always be minor complications, issues. but they had it in their national stadium. They had 40,000 people. They had Italian fans, Roma fans, of course, well known for being fucking ultras themselves, <laughs> and Feyenoord fans, also ultras. Not a problem. Yeah. Everyone behaved. Everyone had a good time. The final was not great. In fairness, it was one nil fucking win, but they had a no problem time. But then the more you go up the UEFA standards in terms yeah. of the com- com- competitions they actually give a shit about commercially. Yeah. Look at the Europa League final, right? Sevilla fans and Rangers fans, right? Again, not the final also, they probably wanted. Ultras. Also ultras. But they went to, um, sorry, it wasn't, uh, Se- it wasn't Seville. Um, they were in Seville, apologies. It was Rangers and Frankfurt fans. Oh, of course. It was in Seville, right? Seville, by the way, 30 degrees on the day. Mm-hmm. There was no water in the stadium. Oh yeah, the fans were drinking out of the uh, sprinkler taps at one point. Yeah. There was no bottled water in the stadium. No water provided for fans at all. At 30 degrees heat, 
for German and Scottish fans. A lot of the Rangers fans okay. statistically were quite old. I'm going to jump in and just say at the Women's World Cup in France, I was at the Spain versus USA yes, game. Yes, USA match, yeah. And it was 34 degrees. Yeah. And half time there was an announcement put out. They actually put the announcement out during the game, but I didn't hear it. Yeah. But people around me kind of told me about it. But mm. at half time they said, um, everyone gets a free bottle of water at yeah. half time. Yeah. Because. Yeah. It's a health thing. Like it's twenty four degrees. Like otherwise, they, you know, what the cost of a couple of bottles of water versus yeah. you know several people going to hospital for dehydration. But yeah, so like the Europa League itself was a disaster. Let alone just like organization wise, they just had no like um, bother in a sense where the fans didn't matter. Like literally, it was just the match mattered. And that was it. The ma- the fans were secondary, and mm-hmm. that has been a real. They got their thing. money. And that's all they cared about. Oh, they're totally. It was a corporate. It's a corporate gig, and they've said this before now. Because they had the same issue last year with um, with the last one, which is Chelsea and Man City. Mm-hmm. The allocations were so low, and the and the Chelsea fans are going, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, but the truth was that they said, "No, no, we actually make our money off the Champions League final by selling the rights and then also selling it to corporate entities and yeah. celebrities and all that sort of jazz." I'm sure you wait for like, I think what has been the kind of recurring theme with the kind of discussion about the Champions League final is that UEFA had just confirmed that they fucking hate football fans. Yeah. They hate the people that support that, their that products. Why, yeah. You know. So like so as I said, they they provided nothing for the, the Europa League <clears throat> final in terms of facilities. Apparently the toilets were there was no public there was no toilets available, like queuing up. There only there are only toilets in the stadium, there's nothing outside like let's yeah, say. Yeah, in the so fan only, zones or whatever. So not only yeah, there's no fan zones. They not only could you not drink, there was no st- uh uh, directions to the stadium, directions to tickets, turnstiles, and all that, and all of that was repeated, but doubled for Stade de France. Yeah. Because when Liverpool get into a final, they fucking commit to it. You know, yeah. like you get like you get right Oh, totally, yeah. And this is the same in Kiev. It was the same in Madrid, and they had brilliant times in both in both cities because cities welcome them with open arms. So like, yes, give us all the fucking business we'll need for another year. Yeah. Stimulate our local economy, like Paris fucking hated the idea of having 80,000 English people mm-hmm. descending they, on and they, that's, they dislike the English that's the key word English because as French police have kind of learned they don't realise that there's a very big distinction between English football fans and Scousers yeah. Scousers have never considered themselves to be British they're Scousers yeah. they are Liverpoolians Liverpool and Everton do not consider themselves English fans. You very rarely see Scousers like talking up to England matches. It's always Londoners. It's always Manchester fans. It's always Newcastle fans if we've had shearers around, mm. you know. But never Scousers, and that's down to. They're just happy to have their beer and their match and, and get on with. Oh, having totally, a ball, yeah. Having a ball. Yeah, but like I said, that you know, you're not going to expect French French police to know that because they don't know understand the nuances of how, like the culture of Liverpool has always been like so anti-English like they're a socialist kind of city they don't believe in the fucking the queen they don't believe in a lot of the stuff but that's because of the Irish heritage that's because of the American transfer as well there's, there's so many there's, it's such a hodgepodge of a culture and Scottish as well and all mm. this sort of stuff it's not an English city but French football don't care they consider Liverpool and England to be one and the same and their fan base to be one and the same and therefore have to be treated the same way which I think is just shameful, really. But that's just shows our ignorance, you know. <laughs> you know, it just shows the complete ignorance in that sense because then the way they treated and then, um, thankfully 
Real Madrid now have sided with Liverpool in the sense and have said, no, our fans are treated poorly as well. Yeah. Because all the story was, the narrative was about how the Liverpool fans were treated. Mm-hmm. And that is true, they were treated horrendously. But Real Madrid fans had, the, had equally the, the worst, experience, the bad experience as well. But the Liverpool fans, because there were so many of them, yes. between the fans that did have a ticket, the fans that were going to Paris for the fan zone alone, and finding a nice place to watch the match. Like my cousin. Like your cousin, yeah. The, the road from Manani is sitting there looking at the scene, kind of going, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. But bear in mind, right, on that night, the day after was the 37th anniversary of Heisel. Yeah. Which is a, which is mm. a situation, which is an event that Liverpool fans still to this day get blamed for by rival fans. And it was your fault that, that was, there was a crush there. It's just like, it was, it was the same thing. It was an organisational shambles. And yes, Liverpool fans, like all fan bases in England at the time, had hooligans. Yeah. It was part of the culture. That was the 80s. We had firms, yeah. We had firms. All of that has changed. You cannot turn to me now and say that Liverpool fans are not the same way. We have had to live through Heisel. We've had to live through Hillsborough. It's part of the fan culture. You saw... The, you, you He's not, a more activist than anything else. 100%, yeah. And, and, and again, it's, it's down to... That's why I mentioned the fact that like, it's such a socialist city because that is what they are. They go, they're anti-establishment. They're not like, again, it's ironic now because Liverpool is such an establishment, the club. Yeah. It kind of, that's why like when, when certain things happen with like the furloughing of staff or the uh, the women's team going yeah. away or something like that, it was it was all stuff that's... But that's the thing, like it, it, the, the, sheer, the sheer novelty of for Liverpool fans was to go to the final and have a great time. The French police didn't care. No, because the way they were treated was they have to get through their um, tear and pepper spray stocks. Yeah, so. it's a sham. Uh, head should roll for it. They probably they won't. I sincerely hope that they do roll because but they won't. No. They, it's it's a way for them to protect wrong. Yeah, and that's the sad part. They will literally do an investigation and blame it on police actions that they mm. have no control over. Yeah, which is tr- which is their way out. Which is yeah, their exactly. way out. Yeah. Well, you wait for turn around to the French authorities and go here. You need to sanction these police officers. Please, a French police are gonna go. <laughs> Going fuck off. But that, but that, but that being said, like the French police have their kind of right to say that because the UEFA kind of dropped the Champions League final on Paris. Yeah, but no, I don't know. Yeah, it was done in February. Yeah, it was done in February. They had time to prepare for it. Absolute monster. There is what's the difference between and also they've uh, had, fans they've coming had. in for a UEFA final as opposed to a French World Cup? Yes. Yeah, and also they now they've had. I've been to that stadium. Mm. I went to that stadium for the Ireland Sweden be, for the Ireland Sweden game. Rhythm. It should yeah. just be old hat. I I went yeah, to that stadium for the Ireland Sweden game. Ireland Sweden game. And it was just fucking wonderful. Yeah. But, they, but it's changed so just, much in that they, time. They just weren't mm. Yeah. Like I was saying, the, they I, got their money and they were like, yeah, grant, whatever. Yeah. We're, not of, put it, we're not going to get the staff that are, are going to be needed. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to put the procedures in place. We're not going to uh, have the directions that are needed. We're going to mm. just lock Because I was, I was so, so weirded out by the whole thing because I went to the Stadini. Yes. For the Sweden game, and I wouldn't even mind, but that also happened in the midst of a train strike. That's right, yeah. There's always a train strike. There's always a train strike. <laughs> there's always a strike. If there's not a train strike, there's a bus strike. If there's not a bus strike, there's an air controller France yeah. strike or a pilot strike. Yeah. One, if that's a rule of thumb about France, there's always a strike. There's always a strike. But that, that was a crazy thing. I was like, oh, how is that so fucking mad different? Yeah. And I was just like, it's so weird. But it's, it's crazy. I, I like the Japanese way they striked the bus drivers. They still went to work, but they just refused to take fare. So they <laughs> just—they they just yeah. ran their route, but yeah. their business was losing money, and the mm. but the, yeah. none of the customers lost out. Yeah. So therefore, they had all the customers on their side, yeah. and the company lost money. Mm-hmm. So they got their demands pretty quickly. Yes. 
Well, okay, that's a, no, yeah, I get that, I get that. But like, that's the that's that's the the really constant thing about it. Because like, even we know, like, we know nothing's gonna get done about it. Because the fact that this was allowed to happen again after something like Hillsborough and Heisel shows you that no one has actually learned anything from it. Or if they have, it's just seen as such a low priority. Well, I think I think it's it's key to what uh, Jonathan Leo said about it. He yeah. in the garden. What he said about it is that like football is actually run by authorities that are actively hostile. To fans. Yeah, they hate fans. Yes. They just don't like the fans. It's secondary to their business. Uh-huh. Their core business is corporate shindigs. They yeah. want to have Gazprom there. They want to have Pepsi there. They want to have fucking Camilla Cabello yeah. there, miming away. And her response was fucking oh. hilarious. Oh, the <laughs> smell of rage off her, like, come on. I'm sorry. She should have known. Yeah. You're not even wrong. First of all, one. <laughs> not even remotely sorry. First of all, one. She was never going to get cheered because she's not Dua Lipa. That was her first mistake, right? <laughs> they brought the, they booked the wrong act, right? That was that was one thing. But the, the, the sheer notion that she like got salty at fans, not realizing they were pepper sprayed on the way into the stadium. Yeah. Maybe they weren't interested in listening to Havana. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> like legit, like I can't. I couldn't believe that for for a second. Well, I, I've got the camera set up and everything. Yeah. Jim. So, uh, I, I would go on for, for hours upon hours if I could, but I will we'll wrap up this podcast by um, doing, a, I suppose, like the, the one little kind of gimmick we have thrown in for this show, which is the team of the season. Yeah. Right? So, we are doing what's called TIFO rules, which is we're picking basically one player per club in the Premier League and forming a team from that. All right. Right? So, I pick my one, so I shall go first. I really think you should have given more time to people to do this. <laughs> I, I feel like now we can just throw it on the spot. <laughs> yeah, because I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be here. That's no, fair, yeah. No, no. no, you may think that you can do it on the spot. I don't have that kind of memory. I will need power. to Google every team and go, hmm, who, who do I think that I want mm. against all the others of that same position, of all the other teams? So I will have had to have looked through the teams first yes. and then gone back. A full, a full like transfer market style rundown of everyone. Yeah. Yes. I will need all of their pros and cons and their their XPs. Their biggest fears, their blood types, the yeah. whole lot. Yeah. yeah what, what, what do they have for dinner before a match? What do they have for dinner after? Do they have a match? dogs? Can they boot the snoot? Can they boot the snoot? Can, Can they, they pet the, the doggo? All of that sort of stuff. But yeah. so so no. That's fine. That's okay. I will go pet the doggo. You can go pet the doggo. Absolutely. We actually have a doggo on on hand for this uh, last part of the podcast, but okay, emotional support. Doggo. Emotional support, basically, yes. So, <laughs> anyway, so I'll, I'll start off with my one anyway, and I've kind of gone for, I suppose a four two four because I'm mental, and um, so I've gone for in goal. I've gone for Jose Sa from Wolves, which I think is probably the, the easy choice really. Like he has been like statistically one of the best goalkeepers out there for what for what a Wolves side that like. They were good in the league, but not on paper in a strange way. Because the defensive wasn't yeah. fantastic, which means that he had more saves to play. Yeah, a little bit. like uh, He had more to clock yeah. to do. Like, it was a weird thing where, like, you know, his... his his Obviously, the strikers were, weren't ideal because that's just the way they're set up. Like, they were a very defensive side. <laughs> but as you said, like, because the defenders were, like, still playing a back three with wing-backs and still somehow conceding, like, so many chances... And being a pure counter-attack aside, yeah, he was always going to get a good good game. Same with, like, Melier. Like, Melier has, is, like, racks up the amount of saves he's made this season. That's because Leeds were terrible. <laughs> so it's, like, that weird kind of duality to it. But, yeah, I think, overall, he was the best goalkeeper. I think when, when Wolves fans saw that Patrizio was leaving for Roma, they were probably shitting themselves, thinking we'll never replace him. And they actually end up 
do actually replacing them in fairness. Um, a right back I'm going for someone who I think has been solid and reliable the entire season that's Matty Cash like genuinely I think he is one player who's going to benefit so much by Steve, being Steven Gerrard's pet project because Gerrard for some reason tactically wise does great work with fullbacks mm. because Rangers best player outside of Morelos when he was in charge was probably Tavernier the captain and even underneath them he had Nathan Patterson who he sold to Everton for a 15 million quid yeah. and he was the backup right back like which is nuts so right backs do very well in the, in the Gerrard system and probably left backs as well you know and so I think Matty Cash is doing that and again not a coincidence that since he's declared for Poland he's become a much better player because now he's got that international experience he's got that leadership role you can see him becoming a, a club captain over time you know um, left back have gone for Cucurella from, uh, from oh, Brighton what, what a player unreal player genuinely like this Brighton team are like 10 times better because of him. I, um, I know like Brighton are a bogey team for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and so there's always a potential of some fuck up. Yes. Us, but when we played them, he was the main threat. Oh yeah. And he was coming up like... He was overlapping and underlapping. He was an absolute bastard. Yeah. yeah. But in the, like, in the kind of way that like, oh... I wish he was on our team. We need yes. to sign this bastard. This is, this is exactly the point I was going to make because every top six team is going to be looking at him going, oh, we found our left back. Yeah. And legit, like, Chelsea need to sign him. Like, I have never seen a more Chelsea, like, Marcus Alonso-esque replacement than Marco Carella. He is literally Chilwell. that player. No, 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 legit, like, he would challenge Chilwell. Yeah. I do genuinely believe that he would but challenge that's what, what Chilwell was brought in to do was yeah. to challenge Alonso and because mm. with the injuries as well Lampard yeah. didn't like Alonso no we can see that the defensive part was not there you know but uh, but he works in Tupel's style of play but yeah anyway moving on indeed um, centre back wise I've gone for a partnership of Chelsea's Thiago Silva which Yay. I think is which I think is a, is a fair shout. Like, yeah, it, no, he made the difference when he was in the squad. Yeah, teams actually even on the worked. sidelines. Yeah, he, like you've seen him in the matches, like and he, and he's he's in the the what the the, the second tier of the stadium, mm. and he, and he's going down the steps, get closer and closer, Chelsea, yeah, yeah. screaming at the team what to do, and and just cheering them on. And when in some of the matches, languages. yeah, uh, yeah. In they, the, like, the matches the, where there was no fans and things like that mm. so they could definitely hear them those centre-backs would be so lost without them in a sense like, like Rudiger and Christensen are good centre-backs and James and Aspilicueta they're all good in what they are but Thiago Silva is just the network in that tree mm. you know he showed them what they should be doing and yes, how they should the basics. be reading yes. the game absolutely which is not something that you can it's hard to teach it's hard to unless teach unless you yeah. can actually do it exactly um, next up I have is Mohamed Salizu from Southampton statistically one of the best centre-backs this season and again I don't think that's by design I think it's because Southampton have just been like battered down so many yeah. times that he's had to be that good and same with, Bad with Bednarek like this year has been a good year for Southampton defensively because they've worked so much on not being such a colander with goals yeah. they just won the one season where they didn't get Trent's 9-0 <laughs> and luckily it was Leeds who got Trent's 9 yeah. instead so <laughs> mission accomplished um, so yeah number 6 then I have is like naturally Declan Rice like mm. the player like I know he's a bit overrated I know like English fans are ranting over him because he's so good but genuinely he's a Rolls Royce of a player and this year I think he's just changed his style just a, up a little bit to make him more marketable where like you don't have to just see him as that defensive screen a la Fabinho or Fernandinho he now can roam up front and score a goal or two yeah. he's now getting the output to reflect that and I think he, he will he will get good from that and um, whether he can get a move to a top six side, I don't know. 
because the, the West the, Ham the team are built team, around them, really. The only team that would be... Man United, is Man United would thing, be yeah. the only team stupid enough to kind of try and fit him into their system. Yeah. Big name, English. Uh, and they spend, need a number six. Yeah. They need a player like Declan Rice, but they'll have to spend stupid money. They'll spend, have to spend 100 million tops to get him. And mm. whether they can or not is another question. Um, then is my number eight is Conor Gallagher, who genuinely, like, I know we didn't really mention Palace in this podcast, genuinely one of the surprises of the season. Because we've had a Palace problem like this before, where they've said, okay, we need to rebuild an aging squad. And the last time they did that, they had Frank De Boer, and he fucking bottled it. Yeah. And he's such a bad coach, Frank De Boer. Like, it's actually baffling how he still gets jobs. I genuinely think it's because he's a De Boer. And everything's, oh, you're, are you Frank or Ronald? I can't tell. <laughs> oh, you're the worst one. Yeah, I guess that. You know, but genuinely, Patrick Vieira has done an amazing job at Palace. Mm. Genuinely, like, should be a candidate for manager of the season if there weren't other kind of stories going on at the same time. The way he's Three been able to... Three deck fans. Yeah. Oh, no, he deserved... That Evertonian deserved it. He deserved it. But the fact that, like, he's been able to immobilise, he's been able to get the likes of Elise, Gwehi, Edward... Jordan Ayew's getting a fucking... Uh, uh, Jordan, uh, Andre Ayew, sorry, he's getting a tune out of. Yeah. Uh, Mateta. Like, Mateta is a is a squad player and he was playing fucking rings around players at times. Arsenal. Yeah. But, like, but that's the thing. Like, he was able to get performances out of these players and I think Conor Gallagher was just, like, such a happy accident. I know, like, with the Chelsea kind of, like, the, the Chelsea production, Chelsea love producing players like this. Little sneaky number eights, lampard S, like Mount and Gallagher and, and a few others before them. But he's been so good. And geez, Palace should move heaven and earth to try and sign him permanently. But I'm sure Chelsea have deals yeah, on him. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. They'd have to, I can't to, like, imagine he, if Palace have anything to offer him that Chelsea can't just be like, nope. Yeah, definitely. You know, it just depends on what the actual new owners are going to be like. That's it, yeah. yeah. What, what they want, yeah. What they're actually willing to spend. Exactly, yeah. Um, my number 10 is Kevin De Bruyne. Fair. He, I, he's I been, don't think there's anything more that, needed. He's the only City player I've got as well. Yeah. Number oh. 10... Genuinely, like he, that game against Wolves, he decided he wanted to win that match. Yeah. Four goals, grabbed this game, captain's performance, got a bit of scruff of the neck and said, I'm winning this fucking Premier League yeah. title. And he did, with that game. Like, there was nothing else. Like, with that, that game, when I saw it, I was like, okay, the extraordinary goal, great play. And then he got the equalizer, thinking, oh, here comes the wobble. Goal, goal, goal. Fuck it, they've won the league. And I immediately <laughs> thought then, I was like, he, he is going to make them win the league. Because yeah. that's exactly what happened the last time we were chasing them was Vincent Company hit a fucking volley from 30 yards. Like, fuck is he did it again. Yeah. Just one player just goes, go, game, fucking gone. And yeah. that was it. They just grabbed it with a scruff and won the game. And that is the type of player Kevin De Bruyne is. Yeah. Legit, legit like, I'm, I, have de- I have decided we're in this game and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. So my front three, very exciting. I've got Salah playing as a striker. No surprise. Okay. No surprise. He's been... Uh, there's, there's the first half of the season where it was incredible. He's tapered off second half because of the Cup of Nations and his contract and all this sort of jazz, but he's still been in, like league, leagues and bounds one of the better players in the league. Um, I've gone on the left human son, who, like in a weird way, was having such a quiet season until you noticed he was scoring 20 goals a season. In that kind of way. Because under Nuno, he was doing brilliantly mm-hmm. because Harry Kane was the narrative and going like, oh, what's happened with Harry Kane? Blah, blah, blah. No one's realising, lads, he scored two goals a game for you. Like, you know, like, you yeah. should pay attention to him. And then under Conte, he's just like even better because he is the he's exact. He's got the Kane partnership back up and running, which is just painful. But it's not even that, though. It's because Conte has done something that people shouldn't have expect, should have expected, which was add a third person to that partnership in Kukulevsky. Genuinely one of the best transfers at the window because all he's done, he's just replaced Mora with a player that can actually assist and finish. Like, Mora, I, I do like him as a player, but he's a sub. 
Same with Bergvine, same with all the other kind of wingers they have. But Kukuleski was a killer. He went in straight away, played ball, was able to feed through Kane, but mostly feed Son. Because that's the way, like, the Conte team are like a, three, a vertical 3-4-3. Three, three. They lay so forward and so direct that naturally a player like Son will benefit someone doing an opposite run on his on the other side. Yeah. You know, so he's good. And the other player I have is Bukayo Saka. Because genuinely, Star like, boy. because this is the this is like again, there were so many other breakout players this season, but Saka had such a quiet breakout year in a sense. Well, you know, like I know he kind of he was had a great year last year, and he was kind of the shining light of like what was a pretty drab Arsenal yeah. season last year. He had the same thing this time, but with other everyone else pulling forward. Like I, had, I was thinking Ramsdale for goalkeeper, I was thinking Odegaard in the pocket, but Saka just reflected how be- how much better the Arsenal player team was coming becoming. Yeah, he's key to the Arteta's plans and that's key that that's obvious this year. Yes. Whereas he was like this bonus thing last year of like, oh this guy's actually good and he's yeah. helping us. He's not just the young player kinda of helping us. He, yeah, he came a bit more forward to the to the yeah, line with yeah. the goals and assists. That yeah. was the difference. His output was was phenomenal. Yeah. And he was picking up the slack for strikers that let's just say were letting you down. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I think that, that's my team anyway. So Saka, Cash, Cucurella, Silva, Salizu, Rice, Gallagher, De Bruyne, Saka, Son, Salah. Cool. I'll, I'll jump in with mine. Please do, yes. Um, so uh, Very interesting uh, setup, I must say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Formation-wise, I don't know how, if I'm getting coach of the year with this. But, you uh, actually have a letter-spotted 4-1-3-1-1. Yeah. Which is a Jose formation, yeah. as I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think when you hear the, the players, you might understand my reasoning behind it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Melier, Meslier, whatever it was. Ila Melier, yeah. Yeah, from Leeds. Um, I think he's a, he's a young enough guy, but... And he, he's made some absolute howlers, but that's yeah. going to happen with a young goalkeeper. And with but, the way Leeds play, so high the, risk. Uh, exactly. Mm. The amount of pressure he's under, yeah. there's going to be some cracks when you're that age. And that's only going to benefit him going forward. Definitely, I think yeah. He, as, as a shot stopper, as he reads the game quite well. For someone his age as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he's quite good. Um, mm. I like him. Um, I think he's a prospect. Yes, that's a good way to put that. Um, Reese James, uh, right yeah. back. Uh, Dan Burns as my centre back, mm. pairing up with Ruben Diaz. He's been, he has been good. He has been uh, good. Yes. Yeah, and Cucurella I also had. Yeah. Um, Do you just centre back Dan Burns? Dan Burns Dan and Ruben Diaz. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. No. Dan Burns. Uh. Brighton. He just wrecked my head when we played against him. Mm. And then he brought them to Newcastle. Then yeah. And he wrecked my head at Newcastle, so <laughs> I had to put him in as a good centre back if he was wrecking my head. Mm. Now, not that we were. Pr- Pressure on too much, but no, uh, but yeah, no, I think he stood out as just obviously he got that big move money move. Um, mm. but I think he is a decent player. Yeah, uh, then I have a holding player of Rice, so yeah. similar to what you had yourself. Um, then I have a midfield three, mm. um, quite a quite playmakers mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have so three you number need, tens essentially. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because well, that's why we need fairness. our holding Rice. Um, yeah. so yeah, uh, John McGinn, yeah, uh, Tielemans. And Martinelli. Mm. Tiedemann's had a very good end to the season, I found, when uh, Leicester got the shit together. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think he would play quite well with my mm. number 10, which is Jota. Yes. And very. Like, so, I have to say, out of all the Liverpool players, I wasn't expecting Jota. Uh, I, he wrecked my head. He did mm. really well against any time he played he's against Arsenal. Player, he's yeah. like, <laughs> he had a very, again, he's what, I, I, was only, I, was I like, don't understand why everybody, why people aren't just literally like, Shouting his name from the fucking rooftop. Like, Ma- like Mane hasn't yeah. had the game. I fucking hate him every. We lock down Mane every time. Yes. Cannot get a hold on that Jota cunt. Yeah. yeah. Fucking uh, hate. And Tony. <laughs> Ivan Tony, yeah. 
Um, just uh, he was a decent player. He was one that stood out for me from mm. those kind of lower teams. And, yeah. uh, he had. He had a shots. very good promotion year. You know yeah. how we were like you're expecting like someone like Mitrovic to tear up trees and yeah. he doesn't do nothing. You were worried that Tony would be the same. Yeah, that but the he, level he, would be too much. But I yeah. think he held his own. I think he did I don't okay. know. Yeah. I think if he was in a better squad and had better service coming into him, he could be a 20 goal a season. Well, what I, was going, what I was going to say was that... If Which Chris, is, you know, if you've got John McGinn, Yuri Tielemans and Martinelli flinging balls into him and That's the service, yeah. There you go. Exactly, yeah. No, I was going to say, look, since Ericsson's come into the Brentford side, Tony's looked an actual genuine danger mm. to players. So, yeah, I'd agree with that, all right. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a that's a very spicy team, I have to say. Yeah. Um, again, I'd love to see what the formation is on paper, but <laughs> it's like it's like you actually have like a you almost have a a Ragnik style four two two two, which yeah. I think is interesting. Like or four three one. Four, four three two one. one. Four no, one three. Four two. no, it's a four three two one because you've got McGinn and Tielemans above Rice. Four one two two one. Yeah, yeah, it works. Um, God, it's mental. Um, Neil, have you got a team of the season for us? Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> in, in goal, I've got the hair. Yeah. I've always rated him as a superb goalkeeper. And another good year. Uh, another fantastic year where he just basically is keeping probably one of the better number twos on in the league. Definitely, yeah. Um, out of a job. Um, and also because, quite frankly, I just could not. I was like, what other Manchester United player am I going to put into this team? Fucking no one. Very um, So I didn't want to burn up my Newcastle place with Messier who I do think is a fucking great keeper mm. I didn't want to burn up my Wolves one with Sa mm. but that's how it yeah. is uh, my full backs I've got Cucurella and James Reese James yeah fair fun um, I think it's fucking great both are good um, I've just realised I made a wee bit of a mistake I had Guehi and Bourne um, I didn't realise that Bourne had moved to no. Newcastle so I will have to find a replacement for him because uh, my midfield is St. Maxim and De Bruyne and Eriksson. Yeah. Oh, that's tasty. Yeah. That's a tasty midfield. Mm. Um, I, do, I, like, I just love the Eriksson story. I know he's an expert. Yeah, no, uh, no, in fairness. It's not a spud anymore. Um, genuine feel-good story this year. Yeah, yeah genuine, genuine feel-good good, story. Really, I, mean, like, I don't think anybody expected him to kick it on like he did. No. Yeah. I, I, I would have lost that fucking bet. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's my midfield. I think St. Maximum. Jesus Christ. Uh, where Poster boy for the new Newcastle. Where Newcastle dug him out of. Fuck. So jealous. Mm. And my forward line is Salah, Saka and Bowen. Oh, great shout yeah. out Bowen. fucking love Bowen. Future Liverpool player Jared I Bowen, potentially? I fucking love him. Yeah. I cannot... I just love watching him. I don't really watch it. I've actually started watching more Hammers games to since, see his style, since yeah. he's become more mm. prominent. And when he played against us, every time he was on the ball... I shit myself. Yeah. <laughs> he is the one. He is, he's like the one I where everyone's brown, back Antonio. I, I wear or someone my, else. Yeah, 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 I wore my brown trousers for the fucking West Ham game because of that motherfucker. He was excellent. Yeah. And his guys didn't have to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. So, with that, guys, that, that is the end of this podcast. And again, I don't know what the fuck formation that <laughs> Four, six, I think it was. Yeah. Right? So... A very uh, vertical game, uh, Jackie Charlton style. Uh, just like everyone just scrambled up for the ball. Put him under pressure. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so guys, thank you very much for listening to this podcast and all the other ones we've done over the season. We'll be back in a couple of months when the season starts up again. Woo-hoo! But until then, all of that was liquid football. Woo-hoo!